Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast for Sunday, November 20th, 2022. Today's message is a Thanksgiving message. If you'd like to follow along, please go to gracebaptistchurchnc.org, click the current sermons link at the top, and click today's manuscript. Welcome to Grace Baptist Church. Today we are, we're going to veer off from Hebrews. Today we'll be back there next week, but... Um, I wanted to, since it is Thanksgiving this week, I know it's not our custom or culture normally to, to preach all of the different themes that our culture puts on us, um, but Thanksgiving this, this year, I wanted to, to spend a little bit of time on Thanksgiving and something that, that uh, you know, I've developed and I've preached a version of this before, um, though it'll be a little bit different today, but... <clears throat> We're just basically going to just spend some time talking about Thanksgiving, and I have just three very simple points that I'll share with you in just a moment. Before, but before we do, let's go ahead as, uh, as we need. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you this morning, Father, with thanksgiving on our hearts because of everything that you have done because of who you are and then what you have done and just creating such a world that we live in and caring for us and the world in such a just a caring way and good way most of all father though we give thanks for the gospel of christ in which we stand even today i pray the gospel would be preached pray that jesus would increase that i would decrease In spite of me, I pray that you would work. I pray that if there's a non-Christian here today, that today would be the day they would understand and hear and turn and repent from their sins and trust Christ as their Savior. I pray for Christians that we would be more thankful and that you would encourage us, even convict us of our sins. Father, we just give you this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This week, our country celebrates a a wonderful holiday, Thanksgiving. For non-Christians and Christians alike, um, we we meet together. I'm sure most of us here um, are going to be meeting with some family for some type of meal and gathering or something like that. Um, and, And so... It's, it's a good time to, hopefully, some of us, some of you are off work this week or next week or has at least a few days, um, and you're going to get some good time with some, seeing some people you don't normally get to see, and, and so that's what we're going to be doing the end of this week. And from one perspective, you know, we remember, generally speaking, we remember the blessings of God on this country, um, and the great prosperity, even as we're preaching through Hebrews and we're seeing the plundering of their property and visiting those who are in jail and the great persecution that, 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 that was ha- taking place um, in their day. You know, we, we haven't seen that as Christians. Um, now, there is persecution. We haven't seen it, like at least in this body. I don't know any of us have, that were visiting in jail and getting our property plundered or anything like that. Those times and seasons are in the hands of God. And we, you know, we're in, we've been in one for a long time. 
And so that's up, for, up to God. But God has given us great blessings in this country. And, and so Thanksgiving this week is directed to God, from, all, from whom all blessings come down to us. And so with this in mind, I, I just want to ask three questions and just answer them very simply about Thanksgiving. Number one, why do we give thanks? Number two, what do we give thanks for? And then, and, and I, <clears throat> finally, number three, how do we give thanks? And that's with, 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 with our hearts and continually doing so. So let's begin. Why do we give thanks? Well, in the, in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, created everything. He created Adam and Eve. And, and though we not, do not see the word thanksgiving or the giving of thanks there in the first chapters of Genesis, I believe they were a thankful couple. For sure, I'm, I'm sure after naming all of the animals and seeing that there were none like him, and then here comes Eve, how thankful Adam would have been, and then together, great hearts of thanksgiving, as it, I believe it was just there, and it was imprinted upon their hearts. They, they knew that they were of God's creation, special creation. And, and so Thanksgiving was there for them. They knew they were special in God's eyes. They knew that he loved them, that he cared for them. It created this wonderful world and then this garden. And then they were supposed to take care of everything and all of his provision there before sin. What a thankful couple they would have been. And, and, and what, a, what a, I believe it's just another one of God's gifts, even for the world that we can give thanks. What a beautiful gift, starting there even with Adam and Eve. And there's something about giving thanks, we must admit, saying to someone, thank you, that brings some type of heartfelt satisfaction, both to the one who says it and the one who hears it. It makes you feel good when you say, thank you. And the person that hears it, hopefully, it's always better to give than to receive. And so there's that special part of giving thanks. There's something within us that, that feels just gratitude for when good things happen. And as Christians, I must add, the Bible says give thanks in all circumstances, um, even, though, even when we cannot understand them, because we know God is sovereign. So at the most basic level, though, we owe this beautiful gift as to why do we give thanks? Because God is in control of all, and He's given everything that we have. This life is not about us, it's about Him, and He's given it to us all. Therefore, all blessings flow down to us from Him. So we give thanks. That is why we give thanks. And so, when we think about Adam and Eve, keeping that in mind about, you know, giving thanks back in their time, we find ourselves in a different situation than Adam and Eve. And as people of faith in Christ, from one perspective, we have so much more to be thankful for than Adam and Eve did. Now, you might say, well, Pastor John, no way, because they had it great. And I'm thinking about before sin. And you might say, you can't say that. Look at my life. Look at my troubles. Look at the results, the consequences of sin, whether it's sickness or death or anxiety or depression or strife or whatever it is that's going on in this world and we look at the chaos around us you might say no I think they had it better 
Well, I think if that is the way we see life now on the other side of the cross, then we've missed the point. You see, we live after the fall. Before the fall, there was no need for the goodness of God, particularly in showing mercy. Because mercy comes in when sin comes in. But today, in Christ... We are the recipients of all of those things that Adam and Eve had. But as sinners, the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible speaks about us being in Adam and his sin coming down to us. And what do we deserve? We deserve punishment and judgment, the wrath of God and hell. That's what we deserve. They didn't have that before the fall. There was no mercy, so to say, there. There was grace, of course, but... Not in the same kind of way, but mercy they did not have. We have mercy. And so, as Christians, we have so much more to be thankful for because of the mercy of God in Christ. So therefore, the foundation for us, as we think about thanksgiving, it is God himself who displays who he is by what certainly he does, and that is sending of the Son. And so... When you think about all of the world and you think about all the folks you're going to meet with this week and, 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 and all of your Thanksgiving meals and those particularly non-Christians, they're going to be thankful a little bit, but how much more are we going to be thankful? Because we sit here this morning and our sins are forgiven. And so that's, that's why we give thanks, because of all of the, the great blessings of God down to us in the Son. Number two. What do we give thanks for? What are the specifics? So I'm going to begin with one big blessing and then move from there as we try to apply that for us. But this big blessing if you, <clears throat> is first the steadfast love of God. This truth really encompasses so much. It is the umbrella of who God is and what he has done and what he will do. This is why in 1 Corinthians, Paul says faith and hope and love, but faith and hope will go away, but love will not go away. And this is a great mystery that God is love. But as I looked up the words thanksgiving and giving thanks in the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, I was overwhelmed with how many times Israel gives thanks in the ESV translation translated as Steadfast love. How many times do you think it's mentioned in the Old Testament? Steadfast love. It's curious. 100 times? 50 times? Well, in in my version, 194 times it is mentioned in the Old Testament. So it's really important. And, And so when people are giving thanks in the Old Testament, that's what they're giving thanks for, his steadfast love to them. Psalm 106, verse 1, very common psalm. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. If you would, turn to Psalm 136 if you want to. I'm going to read some of it, but turn there with me. Is this, this is the one we read the other night at, 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 uh, at the McNeil's house. Psalm 136. We see a beautiful picture in this psalm of who God is, I mean, his person, and then 
what he has done in the life of his people, particularly the people in the Old Testament. Let me read some of these words, and I want us to notice how the psalmist begins with God. That is who he is. And then he moves to his works, and then he moves more particularly to what God has done for his people. Verses 1 to 5, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who, <clears throat> to him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures, the hev- endures forever. All of these things are about who God is in his person. And then... The psalmist moves on to the particulars of how God delivered them from Egypt. Look at verses 10, and, <clears throat> 10 to 12. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever, and brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. That's just them recalling what God did to bring them out of Egypt. And then finally, at the end of the psalm, the psalmist says God's steadfast love is why he does not forsake them. And in Christ today, why he does not forsake us. Verses 23 and 24. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state. I'm so glad that God remembered me in my lowest state. And if you are a believer here today, I'm sure you are very thankful for that. For his steadfast love endures forever and rescued us from our foes. For his steadfast love endures forever. Now, let me ask, how many times do we see the word steadfast love in the New Testament? And again, I've preached this years ago. You may remember this. Anybody remember? As far as I can tell, zero. So why does it go from the Old Testament 194 times to the New Testament not using that word steadfast love in the same way? We don't see it. Why do you think this is so? Did God all of a sudden not be exercising his steadfast love towards his people? Of course not. But you see, in the Old Testament... They, 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 they felt the love of God. They knew that God loved them by His Spirit. We just read about it in Psalm 136. He pursued after them. He showed them long-suffering. He protected them. He did not forget them. And He loved them even while they were yet sinners. And they knew God's steadfast love because of all the things that we just read about. So how do you know someone loves you? Well, they might say it, and you just might take them, take them at their word, but you probably know it. It's more concrete because of what the person does in your life. Wives, you know it when your husbands bring you flowers or something, not just because they want to do it out of duty, but because they really love you. And they're like, honey, whatever it might be, whether they, you know, clean the house or do something, they know that. 
You know that, wives, when your husbands do acts of kindness and maybe even exhibit some type of sacrificial love. Vice versa as well, when husbands see their wives do things that, that are unexpected or, you know, they know because of the things they do one for another. And you think back to the Old Testament, Israel knew that God loved them because of his pouring out his steadfast love and his power in delivering them from Egypt. That's the context. And then as you move forward, as we are in Hebrews now, God gave them Moses and the law and this great system of how they were to worship him. That was a loving system, a sacrificial system. But when we think about those animals, we've said it over and over and over, you know, all they were really were some type of just, hey, God has given this for us. And, you know, all those things that God had given in that system, they were just acts of power, many of them. All of those things they had. But when you think about God working in those ways in the Old Testament there in, in Mosaic law, when you think about those animals, they had those animals that went on year after year after year after year, sacrifices. But the fulfillment of those sacrifices was yet to come. So that's the difference between the Old Testament and the New. In the meantime, they were saying, thank you, God, for giving us these animals. Thank you, God, for giving the system. But yet the fulfillment was yet to come. So we look at it from the other side. When we get to the New Testament, we see the complete fulfillment of God's steadfast love. So it is God's stamp upon his love. When you go back through the Old Testament, we know what his steadfast love is. Why? Because God sent his son. We give thanks for all of God's works, but when we think of the steadfast love of God, we're not just thinking of his, all of these works. We're thinking of one particular work, and this is the gospel that we preach. Think of some, some verses. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You go back to Israel, all of the miracles and the, the killing of the firstborn, even if they, they praise God for, and the deliverance out of Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, and all of the, the, the provision in the desert when they were about to die. And what did they do? They said, God, we see that you love us because look at what you've done for us. So we do that as well. But the stamp of God's approval or the stamp of the fulfillment of all of God's love is, is the gospel that he so loved the world. And this is the gospel. Here's another verse. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So this is in the context of Christian, Christians today. Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love towards us while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the steadfast, or the steadfastness of God's love even while we were yet still sinners. So we don't have to look forward anymore to see the steadfast love of God in Christ. 
The greatest act of steadfast love is the sending of the Son, particularly the cross. So today as Christians, we give thanks for Christ, who is the steadfast love of God. And so I would, I would urge us this week to take, if you are especially with a bunch of non-Christians, to take every opportunity to speak about the love of God in Christ, His steadfast love. If you get a chance to pray, if you get a chance to sit beside somebody who's a non-Christian and speak to them, I urge you to do that because this is where we see the love of God. Now with that in mind, I want us to consider some other reasons. That was the steadfast love of God, the big umbrella. Some other reasons from the New Testament that we give thanks. Here are some of these things. And these are just direct prayers, usually prayers of someone or just statements. Revelation 11, Revelation 11 17. We give thanks for the great power of God. Here's the verse. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is, who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. 1 Corinthians 1.4, we give thanks to God for the work of salvation. So here we are today. These are our applications. We give thanks to God for salvation. 1 Corinthians 1.4, Paul says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. So he's thanking God. And he's given thanks to God for bringing the gospel to those folks. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, because God chose you as the firstfruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. So we give thanks today because of the salvation that we have in Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 1.11. We give thanks because God answers our prayers. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted to us through the prayers of many. When we pray for one another, God answers. We should be giving thanks that God is answering the prayers of those, of those sitting around us. We give thanks as we pray for one another. Ephesians 1.16, I do not cease to give thanks for you. How are we doing that in our body here at Grace? 1 Thessalonians 1.2, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Number of verses like this. We also give thanks for the will of God in our lives. This means also, you know, during difficult times, we give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I give thanks in all circumstances. That's a hard one, isn't it? I give thanks in all circumstances. Um, and the, there's a great mystery for that in that, and I know we're at different stages, and there are times that we're like the psalmist, and we pray like the psalmist, and we cry out to God, how can you let this injustice be? And there are other times when sickness and even death are coming and the Spirit of God moves us in such a way that we see God's kindness and we give thanks, even when the world cannot give thanks. We give thanks for acts of kindness. Romans 16, 4, um, just part of the verse, who risked their necks for my life. Talk, Paul speaking here. To whom not only I give thanks, 
But all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. We give thanks to God for how he is working in the lives of his people. A good example is how we grow, like when we see someone grow just a little bit, we should give thanks that God is working in their lives. And, and that really funnels down to families, particularly as we as parents see faith coming out in our children's lives. Second um, Thessalonians 1, 3, we always, we ought always to give thanks. Thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. I want to stop for just a moment. and We've never done this in almost 15 years that we've been here, but would anyone like to share anything today that you just want to give thanks for very briefly? And if you do, Speak up, and if people can't hear you, I'll repeat it. But this is an opportunity for us to give thanks for anything this morning. For just a few, you know, just give us a few minutes, and then I'm going to come to the end of the sermon here in the next little bit. Just raise your hand, JB, Jeremiah. Jeremiah is faithful. I mean, I mean he's, he's thankful for the faith in his younger brother, in Micah, which Micah, we've sent him off to school, and I'll have to concur. God is working greatly in his life, and he's very encouraging to me, for sure. And we can all be encouraged in that. That's exactly, I see God working in your life. I'm going to give thanks for that. Caleb. Caleb and Melissa are new to the area, they, they, cousins with the Bamfords, if you remember the Bamfords, and some of us have gotten to know Caleb and Melissa and, and, and Kaylee and Ezra, right? And Ezra's in the nursery, but God has moved them all the way here, and Caleb is saying, I'm giving thanks because God has moved us here, and he moved you here, and then you lost your job. And uh, so they, they're not members at Grace yet, but I'm assuming they're, they're doing that, and they're coming our way, and so we're very, very happy you guys are here and we give thanks with you Caleb and we'll be praying that God will lead you in the right way with with jobs so and I know it's not easy not easy anybody else Kristen um Kristen, I know probably only about three of you heard her. She's just very thankful for this body and how the body has walked through trials and temptations and sufferings with, with our family, um, for sure, through the many years we've been here. Um, and so I, I concur there. But we are very grateful for that. Lori, Lori Blackledge.
I concur. Lori says she's very thankful at particularly the younger, um, I guess, ladies, but young couples particularly that have reached out to her kids and her family and just, I would go back to, you know, Titus 2, just older men, older women, younger men, younger women pouring their lives into, and we're very grateful to that. That's something that in the beginning years at Grace, we personally, I wanted to see, and we always told the elders, meet with people, meet with people, always have somebody, some couple that you're just reading the scripture and praying with, and eventually the church will do that, but it might take many years, and I think in the last few years we've seen that, particularly with our young married, to, to pour their lives into our kids. I could concur. If you've got, especially middle-aged kids, you know that's the, that, that has been the case to some extent, and we are very grateful. So we give thanks to God for that, and we'll pray that, that that will encourage us to continue and to do it more and more. Again, it's not about us. Look, it's, it's about God, but then look to your neighbor. It's about the person you're sitting with out here. Anybody else? Just give thanks. All right, last call. Am I missing anybody? Pam, back in the back. Pam's thankful for how other like-minded, help me if I get it wrong, Pam, and I'll repeat it, like-minded Christian families that are going through the same things can help with their struggles and, and, and help apply this, the, the gospel to your lives. Did I get that right? Cause, okay. We're, we're, we're very grateful for that, for sure. Thankful. I'm going to keep going now with just... Just from my perspective, from our elders' perspective, and again, I don't do this every year. We should do it more and more for sure. But I just want to spend a few minutes just telling you some things that I, as a pastor, and from our elders, I think that they would concur. Um, just giving thanks. I'm thankful for folks that uh, just serve in little ways. We don't do a lot as a church. We don't have all these things. We've tried to even we were talking in our members class this morning and tried to keep things very simple. We don't have overhead with buildings and all of this thing, you know, so we're here. But we try to keep things very simple, but we're very, very happy and very thankful that people still serve. And everything that we do, whether it's, you know, being a home group leader or an assistant or a Sunday school teacher or, you know, getting up here and singing as so many of, of not me, but McCamey and, and Caleb and others do, you know, with, you know, everyone doing the sound, all you folks, JB and Ellie and everybody that does all of that, we're very, so very grateful. And we always, certainly, I, many, many years, we're all just almost go into mourning when, the, when Pam and Ben go out of town and we don't have coffee or somebody else grabs it. But thank you very much. That's just a big deal. I mean, we know that, not just for you, Pam, but for, for your hubby, it's a big deal. And we realize it. I know, and Ben says he was here the last two weeks without Pam and he brought coffee, and sometimes 
Sometimes, on occasion, I think maybe we, Caitlin and McCamey would have brought coffee. McCamey says once. But thank y'all. That's a, that, there's all kinds of little things like that that people do and so much more. Thankful for, you know, we have right now three deacons and, and husband-wife teams there that work so much behind the scenes that we don't know about. So we're very grateful. Um, and again, we don't do a lot, but with meals and funerals and weddings and sicknesses and those kinds of things, there's so much they do that we just don't realize. Um, I, I'm thankful for the, for the body to continue, you know, as we give to send folks on mission trips and for folks. I'm curious, if you've been on an overseas mission trip before, raise your hand. Okay, we've got a, quite a few people out that have also gone. That's probably approaching about half of us here that have been on a trip, but we're grateful as a church that we can do that and that God has provided in that way. We're very thankful for godly parents. I'm thankful for the older folks, the grandparents particularly, that are still remaining faithful and leading their, their kids and their grandkids, very, and even great-grandkids. Very, very thankful for you guys. I'm thankful, that, I'm thankful for godly parents who, you know, many churches out there, the only real good teaching their kids get comes from the church sometimes, and they expect the church to do it. But we have the opposite mindset. We expect you to do it. We expect family worship to take place here, and we're grateful that it's happening here at Grace and, and that as parents, you are leading your kids in godliness. We're very thankful in, in so many ways um, for all the tons of things I could say there, especially with the giving of meals and things like that and just visiting, uh, so many things. Um, I could just go on and on. Um, you know, from a pastoral perspective, I'm grateful that, that, um, that grace is still happily and humbly, even though, you know, you may not always love everything, but you still submit to the authority of, of your elders and your pastors, and we're very, very grateful, and God has given us favor there. I, I'm still very thankful for us as a church that we are, we're still pretty simple. We've gone against the grain to do everything under the sun, and we've really tried to keep things simple and organic so that some of those things are happening just because of the gospel and the power of the gospel, and so we're very grateful. Thankful as, that as a whole, that you, when you come and you listen to me preach and you listen to the other elders preach or someone else, that you have a great desire to hear the truth. And, uh, and you care deeply about holding on to the gospel of Christ. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful um, that you've been very patient with me, particularly in all of my preaching um, through the years. You don't get always the same sermon every Sunday or the same deal every Sunday and just uh, I appreciate you praying for me in that way very very grateful I'm grateful that uh, that love covers a multitude of sins and I know that through the years I've done something or offended you in some way not even known it or whatever but you guys have been grateful and I mean I mean you've been very graceful not grateful but graceful to cover my sins with your love and I, I really appreciate it um, I, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful for those who meet together during the week, for those who are reading books together, for those who are praying together, for those who are keeping one another accountable, which kind of goes along with what Lori was saying. What a blessing. What a blessing.
from the elders, I, I'm, again, I'm thankful that, that you still love us and, and care for us. Um, and I think I could probably say the same things from the deacons who serve. Um, but uh, we're, very, we're very, 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 very thankful. I'm thankful that you hold us accountable um, because many of you often have said lots of things. And some of you have had meetings with us before where you've disagreed on something, this or that. And it's been good because um, we are the body together. We, we may be your shepherds, but we are still the same. We are sheep, all of us. And we are under shepherds because we only have one shepherd, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we're thankful, um, you know, that you're, even through the years that you've supported a plurality of elders, <laughs> many churches are not so blessed. Um, it's, it's been really good. Um, and again, so many other things. I, I, I have to say from, from an elder's perspective as well, um, you know, thank you to our wives, and to my wife, and I know the other elders would say thank you there. They, they don't do some of the things that the deacon's wives do, but they do in other ways. And so thank you all um, for putting up with us. You know, a bunch of Gil's the youngest, but a bunch of fuddy-duddy old men getting together to talk about. Sometimes we, we need lots of help from other folks, and we're very, very grateful. So there are a thousand more things that I and that we as your elders, pastors, could give thanks for. Um, this Thanksgiving. And so, um, but I'm going to stop it there. And I'm very briefly going to move on to truth number three. How do we give thanks today? How do we do it? Well, here's the how. <laughs> it's continually with a heart of thankfulness. So Paul says, I don't have the reference, but I do not cease to give thanks for you. So he doesn't cease to give thanks for those whom he had preached the gospel to and planted churches in those areas. This is a characteristic of God's people. This is what we do. We are always thankful. That's the difference between us and the world. But the difference is we are thankful, not just to say we're thankful. So when you go to these meetings this week and everybody says, I'm thankful, the thankfulness for Christians comes from where? From the power of God to change the heart. That's why we are thankful, really, at the end of the day. Now, the rest of the world can be thankful as well. But our thankfulness goes to the depths of the steadfast love for us in the gospel. Um, and we do that. And we're very grateful. It's one thing to say again, thank you. But it's another thing to be continually thankful from the heart. Hebrews 12, 28. We haven't got there yet. Next week, we'll... Finish up, Lord will, in chapter 10. But Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. This is the key. So the key, I think, in my application, in my preaching, is the heart. Heart. God's children have a heart that flows with thankfulness and with gratefulness. It's just who we are. We have so much to be thankful for every day, but here at Thanksgiving, we are reminded this week, even through this sermon, of how thankful we really are. So let's finish by just praying, and then I'll turn it back over. We're singing a song to end up, so let's pray to end our time. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we can just remember and 
talk about Thanksgiving. I pray the words are encouraging today to us as we just try by your grace to, to, to follow your commands in the New Testament to, and follow the examples that we see that we would, um, we would just give thanks. And particularly this week, may you give us great thankfulness moving forward and give us good times with our families and friends and, and those that are lost that we might share the gospel of Christ with them. Forgive us, Father, for not being many times thankful. And I know many of us, and some of us in particular, are going through very difficult times right now. But Father, we trust in you. We know that our only hope lies in you. And we pray that you would give grace as we need it, and as particularly those families need it. So Father, we give you this day, and we give you this week, and we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Grace Baptist Church podcast. You can listen to past sermons at podbean.com. Search Grace Baptist Church, China Grove to find us. You can also find us on Apple Podcast. Search Grace Baptist Church, China Grove. You can also join us at the South Row Inn YMCA, 950 Kimball Road, China Grove, North Carolina. We meet on Sunday mornings at 930 for fellowship and service starts at 10. Thank you for listening and remember to be intentional in making disciples this week.